up, y'all, and welcome to Press On Sports. I'm Jack Vita. Today, I've got a special episode. Today, we're going to be talking Stanley Cup playoff preview. It's going to be a guide. I've got a big-time hockey fan on the line. We'll get to him in a second. If you missed our last episode, we did a little bit of fun about the national championship game. The Masters, Evan Myers was with me. And coming up later this week will be our NBA playoff show. So if you're not a hockey person, don't feel like you have to listen to this, but there will be some nuggets of gold on here. Right, Sam? Oh, yeah, definitely. So joining me now is my pal, hockey expert, Sam Quiet. Howdy, how you doing, Jack? I'm doing good. So this is your podcasting debut, right? Yes, it is. Very (laughs) excited. Very happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. So you're... You basically, you described, you said you eat, sleep, and breathe hockey pretty much, right? Yep. I grew up in a hockey-heavy household, played the game my whole life, been a huge fan of the NHL and really hockey all over the world, whether it's juniors, college, men's, women's, Olympics, National Hockey League, love it all. I Like you said, I eat, breathe, and sleep hockey. <laughs> awesome. That's great. I think you're the good, you're the right guest to be joining me today. Perfect. So, Sam, uh, you were also the founder of the Carthage Club hockey team, right? So, I wasn't the founder. The program was around before I was, but uh, I was the captain for three years, was in charge of the program, sophomore, junior, and senior year before passing it off. We won our league championship senior year. Uh, It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed playing it. Um, Sadly, the program seems to be struggling now under new leadership. Oh no! But it's it's still there. They still have some great young talent. Um, one of the best goalies I've ever ha- been fortunate enough to play with, and hopefully the program can turn it around. Cool. I'd say I, that's a that's a nice accomplishment to have on your resume. It's it's a step two steps ahead of uh, intramurals, right? Yeah, <laughs> just a little <laughs> bit of ahead of intramurals. It always would have been fun if Carthage had an intramural hockey league like I know some schools do. It wouldn't have been fair for many of the students <laughs> playing, but... I think some schools do broom ball. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a little easier to get going. Yeah, a little bit easier. Um, you know, someone would always try to take the broomstick, though, probably, and cross-check <laughs> someone, which could always get a little bit ugly. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Probably, probably a good call not having that. But, Sam... Today, we're going to go deep into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Sam, I guess the best place to start is my Chicago Blackhawks just failing me and disappointing a lot of people this year. What do you think happened, Sam? Well, I think it was a rough year for the Blackhawks. There's no doubt about it. They finished with 76 points. You know, They were third to last in the Western Conference. It was a rough year. The team didn't produce like they were supposed to they had a lot of talent they made the big offseason move to bring back Brandon Saad and get rid of Artemi Panarin who has been lining it up with the Columbus Blue Jackets yep. and I think the thing that most Blackhawks fans need to realize right now though is it's not time to panic I yeah. do not think the Blackhawks are in any danger right now I think they will be back next year they will be competitive again the Central is in my opinion the strongest division in hockey you know every team in the division was over 500 uh, last year, it's one of the greatest divisions there is, and there are so many great teams and rivalries. But I think the reason the Hawks should not be panicking right now is you need you need to start with any solid team has great goaltending. Yep. And as much as I do not think personally that Corey Crawford is the goaltender of the future for the Blackhawks, he is starting to age. He is still a very high-level, almost elite goaltender. But he had his fair share of injury problems this year. The Hawks, unfortunately, didn't have a great backup like they've had in the past sometimes with Niemi or uh, Antti Ranta. But there's no need to panic. Crawford will get healthy this summer. He'll be back. You still have Seabrook and Keith on the blue line. You have plenty of talent up front. Uh, Young talent, too. Alex DeBrincat is a great talent. Uh, on the blue line, Blake Hillman, former University of Denver Pioneer, stepped up in a big game against the Blues and scored a shorthanded goal, a blast from the point. Uh, you still have Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, two of the premier players in the league. Patrick Kane, who's going to be Team USA's captain at the IIHF Worlds this upcoming June. 
Yep. Uh, Brandon Sod's still there. Plus, there's going to be a decently high draft pick coming, too. A lot of and, chance to build from the draft. And the pick they got for Ryan Hartman. From Nashville. Yeah, the pick they got for Hartman. So, yeah, I Sam, I think it's really funny. You see the a fan base's true color sometimes when things aren't going their way. And I was I was pretty annoyed with what I heard from a lot of Blackhawks fans this year because they're like, oh, is Quenville going to stay? Is Stan Bowman going to stay? And it's like, wouldn't Sam, you would trade the last 10 years of Colorado Avalanche play for what the Blackhawks had over the last 10 years, correct? In a heartbeat. <laughs> I want nothing more. For those of you that don't know, I am a lifelong Avs fan born and raised in Denver. I want nothing more than to go back three years ago when the Avs somehow won the division and for them to win that series against Minnesota. Yeah. My favorite thing is, you know, when the Hawks play the Avs and the Avs come out on top. So, you know, when the Avs put a beat down on the Blackhawks about a week ago and beat them 5 nothing, <laughs> that left a pretty big smile on my face. But, yeah, the Hawks, they built a dynasty, and I hate to admit it, I really do. The last thing I want to do is inflate the ego of the Hawks fan. <laughs> but they built a dynasty. They won, they won championships by building through the draft. They drafted very well the years leading up, picking up Taze and Kane consecutive years there, you know, and just signing veterans like Hosa to help them make deep runs as well. Uh, Chalmerson was a great talent that they lost, uh, but they, they know what they're doing. Quinville and Bowman know what they're doing. They know how to build and win from within. They know who they have to go after. And I think I don't see too many changes coming for the Hawks this offseason. Maybe they go out and they make a not such a major trade like Saad and Panarin, but I think you'll see largely the same team next year, and they'll be back in the playoffs, and everyone will settle down again. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just funny because you have 10 great years, and all of a sudden you miss the playoffs in one year, and now the sky is falling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in the, also, Marion Hosa. I believe you touched on he that that's a that was a big loss just as a as a veteran leader he's been a great guy in that mm -hmm. clubhouse and just a, it's a sad story with him yeah so but let's let's all right so Sam the reason we're doing this podcast is I know there are a lot of people who listen to this show and they may be Blackhawks fans and they don't know what what should they be looking for there are a lot of people who may not pay attention to the NHL regular season but they're all in on the playoffs because the playoffs are just so great in this sport. So, Sam, you're going to help guide me through, as me being more of a casual hockey fan myself, you're going to help guide me through this, and we're going to go, let's look at these matchups, shall we? Let's do it. Um, you know, there is one big reason to be excited about these play the playoffs this year. And it's three letters, VGK, Vegas Golden Knights, oh, yes. their expansion team in their first year that is stormed out of nowhere, that really, they represent so much more. I mean, we all know what happened on 1 October in Vegas mm. with the horrible yeah. shooting. You know, it was, I, I hate to say it, it was such a terrible time, too, for the hockey team, for the city and everyone. You know, there was so much excitement in Vegas, and it was just a horrible tragedy, but the team rallied around it. They rallied around what they meant to the city, what the city meant to them. And they went off. They went on a tear. They were the first expansion team ever to start the season 3-0. and uh, They went on to win the Pacific Division, something that's never happened in professional sports before, an expansion team winning the division in their first year. Unbelievable. Um, and they have, they're incredible to watch. Their goalie, Marc-Andre Fleury, is one of the best. If he didn't get injured, he would have probably been a, a candidate for the Vesna for the best goaltender in the league. Uh, they have James, the real deal, Neil, one of the game's premier snipers, uh, Nashville's goalie, Pecorine, who's constantly a finalist for the Vesna, has said he believes James Neal is the best shooter in the league. They have wild Bill Carlson, who had he led the team this year with 30-plus goals, a guy who's never scored more than eight goals in a season, just never had the opportunity. It's incredible that Vegas, they knew what they were doing. George Maffee, or, yeah, George Maffee, Gerard Gallant, the GM and coach, they knew who they wanted to get. They said all along they were looking for players with character, and they built a great team, and everyone just steps up when they need a big goal. 
and they perform. Um, tough luck for them, though, in the first round. They have the first wild card <laughs> seed, the Los Angeles Kings, a team yeah, full of wily veterans. A team that has caused the Black, my Blackhawks some trouble, too. Yeah, they've caused you a lot of pain. They've caused me a lot of joy. <laughs> but it, it's a tough matchup. Uh, Jonathan Quick uh, was one of the best goalies in the league this year. He let in the fewest amount of goals. Uh, Vegas, they put up 272 goals this year. They had a plus 44 differential compared to the Kings, who let in only 205 goals this year. So it will be a great uh, exhibit, you know, of, hey, can Vegas outscore one of the best goalies in the league? You know, one of the guys who's been Team USA's goalie for a number of Olympics until this year. Um, it's a tough matchup for Vegas, but I do think Vegas will prevail. I think they have all the momentum going forward. The Kings just squeaked into the playoffs. They actually just avoided playing uh, uh, San Jose or Anaheim um, with Anaheim finishing strong. But I think that the Kings do not get past the Golden Knights, and I actually have Vegas winning that series in six games in Los Angeles. Okay. Whoa, I like it. So what were re- going into the season, Sam, what were reasonable expectations for the Golden Knights? And reasonable expectations for an expansion team is 20 to 25 wins. Now, Vegas had yeah. a little bit higher expectations just because of how the expansion draft was formatted. They were given a better chance to pick up players than any team in the history of expansion drafts. But 35 wins you know, would have been unbelievable. It would have been a huge yeah. milestone. You know, To not finish dead last would have been incredible for them. But to come out put up 109 points, win your division. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's one of the best sports stories of the year, really. And they've been warmly welcomed by their fan base, haven't they? Yep, Vegas goes absolutely nuts. I was fortunate enough to be out in Vegas in November. T-Mobile Arena's gorgeous. Um, you know, hockey in the desert, I mean, you would call me crazy, but it <laughs> works. It just works. Yeah. It could be 100 degrees outside in the middle of June, if they make it all the way to the finals and those fans will be there going nuts. They will be wearing that Vegas Jersey and the city of Las Vegas will be ready for it. Sweet. All right. Well, you want to stay in the Western conference here. You want to go through the West first? Yeah, let's jump through it. Um, let's get the quick and painful one out of the way. My ass, they did a great <laughs> job getting into the playoffs, smoking the blues, the final day of the season, five, two, uh, if you want to see what pure joy looks like, go and take a look at when Gabe Landeskog scored an empty net goal to make it 4-1 to one with three and a half minutes left. He was <laughs> tackled by his teammates on the ice. And as the Lakewood Police Department put it, a mobbing so bad that they thought he was actually being attacked. <laughs> so That's as great. great as it was for me in that moment to see the Avs make the playoffs, unfortunately, we do get the Nashville Predators, the President Trophy winners this year, 117 points. Pecorine, one of the best goaltenders in the world, uh, is a finalist for the Vesna. He is my pick to win the Vesna this year. Um, and for the Avs to have to start on the road in Nashville, Bridgestone Arena. I just came back from Nashville two weeks ago, was fortunate to go to a game. That place is loud. It is wild. It is vicious for visitors to play in. Um, these two teams. A lot of country met, stars, right? A lot of country stars there. And a lot of loud noise. <laughs> Uh, Mike Fisher, the former team captain who came back late this season, married to Carrie Underwood. Yep, Mr. Carrie Underwood. Mr. Carrie Underwood. She is at all of the home games when she is in town, and I do not see her missing a playoff game this year, much like last year. Sam, do you think that guys talk trash to him, opponents talk trash about that to him on the ice? I think they might try to until he goes, yeah, I'm married to Carrie Underwood, and that kind of ends the conversation right there. There's not like, really much more you can say after that. Yeah, I feel like the only thing is you say, like, wow, your wife's more famous than you, but then you say, that, hey, thanks, that's a compliment. Hey, thanks, that's a compliment. I'm still married to Carrie Underwood. <laughs> thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah. So you, uh, you don't have much hope here? No, I mean... The Avs haven't given me too much hope for this one, unfortunately. I'd, I'd love to say that I believe in them, and I do believe in that team and the Avs' future. They have some great young talent. Nathan McKinnon has had a breakout season. He's in the running for league MVP. Um, Gabriel Landeskog, another solid year for the captain. Miko Rantanen, 80 points this year. It was a cre- uh, tremendous career year for him. 
Unfortunately, though, the Avs starting goalie, Simeon Varlamov, is down with another injury. And while Jonathan Bernier has been an excellent backup and has stepped in and made some huge timely saves, the Avs on the road this year are 15, 19, and 7. It's not too, doesn't look too good for them. They're going to have to take two games on the road, in my opinion, to be able to take this. Um, at least one, most likely two, if they're going to have any chance. But these teams met four times this year, and Nashville won them all, and they beat the Avs badly. So it doesn't happen often anymore that a team sweeps a series. I think this one's over in four. I think wow. Preds cruise past the Avalanche, and as much as it hurts me to say that, I will still be cheering for the Avs every game, and I hope, I hope they prove me wrong. Yeah, I hope you are able to come out of these playoffs happy, at least the first round. I mean, we're, we're there. I'm, I, I have to be happy. The Avs finished last season with 47 points, so they just about doubled their total, and it's a great year. One guy, I think that if anyone's watching this series, a couple players to watch. Number 49 on the Avalanche, Samuel Girard. He's a 19-year-old rookie. He was involved in that Matt Duchesne deal that sent Duchesne to Ottawa, Kyle Turris to the uh, Predators, and then Sam Girard and some draft picks came the Avs way. Uh he plays with such poise, such confidence. He doesn't let the emotion get to him. And he's a fun player to watch. Uh, that and, you know, uh, Nate McKinnon, one of the fastest guys in the league. Great hands, great shot. Um, on Nashville side, Pecorine, look for him to be a brick wall that he is. Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson. I mean, the list just goes on for <laughs> the weapons the Predators have. But it should be a fun series. It's not going to have the same grit that some of the other series will have. In, form, in terms of physical toughness, but it will be a very fast series. Both these teams can skate, and they move the puck very well. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm sure we will – we probably aren't done talking about the Predators because we'll get to a little uh, big-time uh, pick. No, towards way, no way. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's – you want to move over to Winnipeg in Minnesota? What yeah, are you looking for there? Let's, let's do it. This is going to be a, a great series, and really – all the series in the Stanley Cup playoffs are. I mean, any team can beat any other team on any given night. Um, Winnipeg made a great trade, I think, at the deadline, picking up Paul Stasny, really helping him down the middle. He's a great two-way center, a great setup man. He has some playoff experience with St. Louis and the Avs. Um, he is a highly skilled player that complements the team very well. Um, other guy to look for in Winnipeg, Blake Wheeler, their captain. One of the most underrated talents in the NHL. No one really talks about him. He's kind of is in that forgotten market up in Winnipeg where they just fly under the radar. This team should not be under anyone's radar. They finished 114 points. They just missed beating Nashville for the president's trophy. Um, I mean, this team can score too. I'm looking here at out of all the teams in the playoffs, only one team scored more goals than them this regular season. That was the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay had 296. Winnipeg, 277 goals scored. They have the greatest goal differential uh, at 59, one shy of Tampa, who has 60. They can score, and they can defend. They have some great talent on the blue line. Dustin Bufflin, I'm sure you're familiar with him. Blackhawks yep. fans will be too. <laughs> Big buff. He is yep. a terror on the blue line. You do not want to be on the end of one of his hits. Uh, and Connor Hellebuck. Uh, it's been a career breakout year for him. He's one of the finalists for the Vesna Trophy. Uh, he has 44 wins. He has a 236 goals against average, uh, 924 save percentage. He's had a great year. Uh, he's very good. But on the other end, Minnesota is also, they're not, you know, they're a team to look out for. Um, one thing that does scare me for Minnesota, though, is can their stars come out and play? Will we see Charlie Coyle have a great series? Will we see Jason Zucker perform Zach Parise? Ryan Suter is out injured, which does leave a big hole on their blue line. Uh, can Winnipeg exploit that and put the puck past Devin Dubnik, who this year has been shaky at times. He's been a big hit-or-miss goalie. Um, their backup, uh, I mean, he's a quality guy, but he's no Devin Dubnik. You know, he's not in yeah. the run-in for Vesna Trophy. Uh, these, uh, these teams did meet this year, though. Four times they played in the division. Winnipeg took three of the four. And Winnipeg comes in this game as one of the hottest teams in the league. The hottest, actually. They are 9-1-0 in the final 10 games of the regular season, which definitely helped them fly under the radar to squeak in there in the second in the central division. Those um, teams are always dangerous. They're Hot dangerous. teams. You come in, you know, they always say it doesn't matter how good you were during the regular season. You want to be the best team at the end of the season. Come in hot, play strong. 
peak um, at the right time. Yeah, peak at the right time. You know, Nashville proved it last year. They were the eight seed in the West. They went all the way to the finals. You know, when do you peak? How well do you play then? Uh, how do you handle the pressure? And I see Winnipeg handling this pressure very well and taking this one in six games. I see him winning it in Minnesota in game six. Okay. All right. Um, keep bringing the heat here, Sam. You're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, um, we're going to jump well, over. Well, yeah, let's go over to uh, Anaheim and San Jose, which are a couple of teams that seem like they're always there, right? But they haven't quite gotten there. They're always there. And there was, a, there was a bit of concern this year on whether or not Anaheim would make it to the playoffs. They went, they went hot at the end of the year, 8-1-1 one, one in their final 10 to squeak into the second in the Pacific Division. Uh, this is going to be one of those series that if you want a reason to stay up late at night on the East Coast or in the Central, <laughs> these games will not start until 8, 9 o'clock Central time. But they are also going to be some of the best games to watch. Uh, these teams are very evenly matched. A lot of high-power offense. Some good young defensemen out there. Brett Burns, Cam Fowler, uh, you know, Ryan Getzlaff, Corey Perry. They're all great scorers. Evander Kane, San Jose Sharks picked him up at the end. A guy who's had some trouble in Winnipeg and Buffalo, but seems to fit in great in San Jose. Um, has just taken off since he's arrived there. The thing that concerns me in this one, though, for the Sharks is their goaltending. I don't think Martin Jones is the type of goalie that you can ride all the way throughout the playoffs. Um, John Gibson on the other side, I also don't think he's the type of goaltending that can take you all the way to the finals, but they do have the backup experience of Ryan Miller, a great veteran leader in the NHL, a guy who has played some big-time hockey uh, for Team USA, for Buffalo, throughout his career, St. Louis, Vancouver. So he knows what it takes to win and to play at a high level. And I see Anaheim actually taking this series, even though they struggled against San Jose during the regular season. I think Anaheim takes this one in seven. But I see this one going the distance, all seven games. Yeah, I could definitely see that. It feels like the Sharks are always... It seems like both these teams are always in close series. Yeah, it seems like they just constantly keep meeting each other in the playoffs. Yeah. All right, you you want to go over to the uh, go let's, over to the east let's now. Let's do it. Let's go to the east, and I'm gonna leave that Pittsburgh Philly one alone. I'm gonna leave that for the end because you could spend <laughs> years talking about that one and not have enough time. Uh, let Let's start with the easy one: Tampa Bay, okay. New Jersey. New Jersey yeah. uh, squeaked in as the wild card seed. There was some concern on whether or not um, they would make it. Uh, Florida had a great end of the regular season. They did everything they needed to do to clinch a playoff spot. Unfortunately, they just missed out. Florida finished with 96 points, and Philadelphia won on the final day of their season to finish with 98, pushing Columbus to the wild card seed, actually. Um, But I think Tampa Bay has too much firepower for New Jersey, plain and simple. Uh, Steven Stamkos, if he's healthy, Nikita Kucherov, Brandon Point, Victor Hedman, they have... Just so many guys that can score it. I didn't even talk about two of their best players. They're Andre Pilat, Tyler Johnson. I mean, they are just so deep uh, on offense. And it shows, you know, 296 goals this year, plus 60 goal differential. You know, I mean, it's insane for a team to almost hit the 300 goal mark. I mean, they outscored every other team in the NHL by almost 20 goals. Um, So that's something that definitely causes concern for a younger New Jersey team. While this New Jersey team may seem a little bit inexperienced, they have a lot of talent themselves, too. As I mentioned earlier when we were talking, uh, Taylor Hall coming over from the Edmonton Oilers for Adam Larson, a deal that New Jersey thought was the final piece of the puzzle. They have a great young defenseman in Will Butcher, another former University of Denver player. Uh, And this team, they just find a way to get it done is the big thing. Uh, What scares me, though, is Corey Schneider in net. He has been a little bit inconsistent this year, and that's putting it lightly. Uh, There was a long time when Keith Kincaid had to come in and save the day for them. Uh, There was times when Corey was out injured or he just wasn't playing well, and when he came back from injury, the Devils management chose to keep riding Kincaid. He was the hot goalie. The Devils went on a tear for a little bit there during the regular season, and that's largely what helped them make it to the playoffs. But I don't see him making it out of this first round. I think Tampa Bay just has too much firepower, and I see them winning this one in five games, taking it at home. I think New Jersey may steal a game. Um, if Andre Vasilevsky, the Tampa Bay goaltender, has a little bit of a weak series, 
Um, but I wouldn't count on that. Vasilevsky is another one of those goalies who is one of the top in the league up there in the running for the Vesna. 44 wins this year, 262 goals against average, and a 920 save percentage. Yeah, so I mean, he's a big guy. He's 6'6, six, 6'7. Six, six, He's known for making Man. those spectacular saves. If you ever get the chance, YouTube some of his saves. He goes behind his back, and he makes a couple of dandies. Sam, if I had the rights here, I, I don't want to go to the trouble, but I would play the Seinfeld Devils clip here. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> David uh, Putty. Okay, yep. Yeah. We're the Devils! The <laughs> Devils! <laughs> <laughs> oh man love that show but yeah I, they're on the up though the devils so they are um you know they have to get a little bit better i think on the blue line that's where they're going to struggle keeping the puck out of their own net uh they let in 244 goals this year like i said they're having trouble with their number one goaltender being their number one goaltender they thought Corey schneider was the answer i don't know if he is the answer that's something for the man- devil's management that they're going to have to figure out uh, but it will be it will be a fun series. It's going to be one of those ones though that really will fly under the radar. Um, it could turn into a shooter's duel, to be honest. If both goalies go cold, uh, I don't see that happening though. But I see Tampa Bay lighting the lamp on New Jersey and making it painful for them. Okay, yeah, I could. Uh, I I like what you did there with that. The lightning lighting the yep, lamp there. There we go. You caught it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, or you could say that I don't see New Jersey uh, striking lightning here. Nope, I, th- I see lightning striking them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, which one you want to do next, Boston and Toronto? Yeah, let's go. We'll stay in that division. You like this one, right? This one I like. This one, Boston had a chance. Uh, uh, there was a big snowstorm a couple of weeks ago, and it canceled one of the Boston Panthers games, uh, Boston-Florida Panthers games, and so they had to play it actually last night. Um, if Boston had won, they would have took home the top seed in the Eastern Conference. They would have had home ice advantage throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, unfortunately, you know, big time game. And what do they do? They drop one at home to the Panthers, four to two. Uh, so that that definitely put a little bit of doubt in my mind for Boston. Unfortunately, they're a great team. They have a lot of great talent still. Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand. Um, whether you like him or not, you know, whether you question his cleanness of his play he is still a great talent 30 plus goals this year they still have Tuka Rask in net they picked up Rick Nash from the Rangers uh he was playing spectacular for them until he went down with injury they have one of the Team USA Olympic superstars from this past Olympics uh Ryan Donato uh he's a Boston native Massachusetts guy loves playing in that city and he's been lighting the lamp since he came back from the Olympics and signed with Boston uh, David Krejci, uh, David Pasternak. The, the thing that scares me, though, and Tommy I Wingles. Tommy Wingles too. Yeah, Th- they got your former Blackhawk there. Yeah, he <laughs> went to my high school. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. The the thing that scares me there is this Toronto team though is young and they're hungry. Um, they went seven games yes. with Washington last year. It was a fantastic series, very exciting, so much fun to watch. And I think that Toronto actually pulls off the upset in this one. I mean, it's not too much of an upset, but I think Toronto can take this one. I think they steal a game in Boston and the first two. They win both of them at home. Boston saves elimination in game five, but Toronto goes home and takes care of business game six. Um, I like what uh, Matthews, Nylander, Bozak, uh, Patrick Marlowe, I like what these guys bring to the table. They bring a lot of youth uh, experience in Marlowe's case. Uh, great leadership ability in all of them. Uh, great young defenseman, Morgan Riley, uh, Jake Gardner, uh, Frederick Anderson is a solid goaltender. Is he enough for them to win the cup? I don't think so, but he's enough for them to at least make it past Boston in the first round. But it, this will be a hard-fought series. Um, look for Boston to uh, try to uh, prove me wrong, and part of me wants to see it. <laughs> Um, just because I like watching Ryan Donato play. He's a fantastic young talent. Yeah. Um, if you get a got chance to be on the big stage, yep. Got to be on the big stage, play against some great players. Um, but unfortunately I think their season comes to an end in Toronto in game six. Yeah. Every, he, he got himself on the hockey map there. Became yes. a household name. Yes, he did. He, yeah. He's got a great shot. He's got great speed, small scrappy dude but he just has no quit in his game. He's everything that every young hockey player should be. 
doesn't it's not the size of the dog in the fight it's the size of the fight in the dog and he proves it every single night was he the one from denver University? Uh, nope that was troy terry he's out in anaheim actually um he, oh, might, okay. he might see some playing time he's the one with just quick unbelievable hands he comes into the game yeah. and it's incredible he looks like he's just gliding out there and he just goes right around him all right so uh you want to do washington yeah. and columbus next washington columbus so i'm going to tell you now washington is my pick Wait, sam let me let me ask you real quick yeah do you see the Capitals shattering the Washington sports curse here? To a certain point. Okay. I, I see Washington. <laughs> they are my pick to come out of the Eastern Conference, um, and I'll jump more into that in a bit. Yeah. I do not think they can finish, though. I think they will run into trouble. Um, this, a little bit of a sneak peek here, a little bit of a breaker, but I see them running into trouble in the Stanley Cup Finals against Nashville. I see Nashville taking the finals and winning the cup, bringing it back to good old Smashville, but I see Washington getting out of the second round this year. Okay, that's it, something. It's something. That's something. They're, they come in as a very hot team, 8-2-0. and They have great scoring ability. Uh, they finished with 105 points this year. Nashville came in uh, into the wild card at 97, but the thing for Washington, this is a terrible first-round matchup for them. Um, yes. If they could have somehow lucked out and pulled New Jersey or even Florida, it would have been great. Uh, even though they beat Columbus three out of four times this year, Columbus is not a team to take lightly. They have a lot of young talent. Thomas Vanek was a great pickup for them uh, towards the end of the season, towards the trade deadline. Uh, he fit in very well. He started to put the puck in the back of the net again and has become everything that he once was. Uh, Seth Jones is one of the most underrated premier defensemen in the league. Same with James Wisniewski. Um, and then on, uh, at the other end, you have Cam Atkinson, uh, just uh, Artemi Panarin, your former Blackhawk. You yep. know, and as much <laughs> as people in Chicago might not want to see him be successful, he's very successful there in Columbus. They have Sergei Bobrovsky, one of the best. I think people want him to be successful. Uh, you want him to be successful, just not when he's playing against the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. that's fair. They, there have, you go. they have Sergei Bobrovsky in net in Columbus, one of the best regular season goaltenders. The thing for this series is going to be, can Bobrovsky find a new form in the playoffs? He's historically terrible in the playoffs. He always seems to uh, fail when it counts most. And it's going to be interesting. If he finds a new form in the playoffs, look out. Columbus could definitely get past Washington. Um, on the other hand, though, you know, Washington doesn't exactly have the perfect situation in their net either. They have Braden Holpe or Philip Grubauer. Holpe at one point was always a candidate for the Vesna as the best goaltender. But recently he's struggled. Um, I think his confidence is it's gone now. I think Nikita Kucherov honestly ruined it for him when he uh, put the puck between his legs uh, in the all-star game and then did it again in the regular <laughs> season. If you get a chance, go YouTube that it is. Yeah. I great, saw it in the all-star game. That was great pretty, he, pretty he, dirty. He did it in the regular season too, to him on a breakaway. <laughs> I think Holtby just doesn't have the confidence he once had. He doesn't believe he's going to stop the puck anymore. Um, and as a result, Phil Grubauer has squeaked in. Uh, Barry Trotz has said they know who they're starting in game one. He didn't, he didn't say who though. So that definitely leaves a bit of concern in my mind. And I think others that, Washington may not have that perfect situation in net anymore, and they could be in trouble. Um, what they're really relying on, though, is their firepower. Evgeny Kuznetsov, Alex Ovechkin, the Rocket Richard winner this year with 49 goals. You know, Ovechkin has 600 goals in his career. He may be 33 years old, but he's still scoring like a 25-year-old. Um, he has no problem with that wicked quick uh, release. TJ Oshie, though, is battling injury. He, that could be dangerous. Uh, on the blue line, John Carlson, um, I don't see him coming back next year. He's, this is the final year of his contract. He's an unrestricted free agent. The Caps don't have the money to keep him. I think he might be a little distracted knowing that, hey, if you know that we get knocked out here, where am I going next? He's thinking ahead. Maybe he might be scouting Columbus himself to go there. <laughs> um, but I do think Washington does take care of business here. I. Uh, if they get it done in six games, and this is where it gets a little tricky, game six would be in Columbus, and I think Washington has to win it in six or less games because if it goes to seven games, Columbus is going to win it in Washington. I think they are mm. going to come out. They are a young, fast team, and I think they will just outskate the Capitals in a game seven. 
in Washington, and that could be dangerous for the Capitals. That could really cause a shakeup there. I think if they don't make it out of the first round, look for Trotz to be gone. He's come in. He's done a great job with getting Ovechkin to play defense. He's changed his game and his career around, made him a two-way forward. Um, but I think he could be gone. There could be a huge shakeup. They may even look at doing something with Braden Holtby, potentially. Um, but I think they get out of that round. I think they get through the next rounds. I think they make it to the finals, um, and that's where uh, they collapse. <laughs> All right, so potentially, Sam, we could be seeing the next chapter of Crosby versus Ovechkin. We could be seeing it next, definitely, but for that to happen first, we get another great battle of Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh Penguins, yep. Philadelphia Flyers, two teams that just hate each other. And, I mean, they just hate each other, honestly. Sam, I can, as a uh, Steelers fan, there are a lot of heated rivalries in Pittsburgh, and I listen to Pittsburgh Sports Radio, but this this is the biggest one. For as much as if you've seen the Steelers and Ravens or the Steelers and Bengals play each other and you think, man, they're really mean to each other, you haven't seen the Penguins versus the Broad Street Bullies. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, for those who don't know, picture Yankees Red Sox. That yep. is honestly just about what it comes down to. There is just bad blood here. These guys do not like each other. Not one bit. The fans are vicious to each other. Uh, neither place is easy to play in PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh or the Wells Fargo Center in Philly. And look out because those fans in Philly are going to be extra rowdy this year. They have a chance to win a third championship in six months. And I see them going absolutely nuts. If they can get the oh Eagles, the Wildcats, and the Flyers, that city oh, may dear. burn to the ground. <laughs> oh, man. That's a very scary thought, Sam. It's, it's a scary thought. I mean, and this is going to be the series to watch uh, in the first round, though, without a doubt in my mind. These teams finish within two points of each other. Um, you know, I, they're just incredible hockey teams. The Flyers want revenge on Pittsburgh. Um Last time these two teams met in the playoffs was 2012, a historic series where there was 40 goals scored in six games, including 16 goals in games Man. two and three. It was one of the worst <laughs> goaltending performances we have ever witnessed, but at the same time, the firepower was incredible. Man, it'll be it'll be great to look for. It'll be, so you got you got a pick there, Sam? I do have a pick. Uh I have Radko Gudis taking a cheap shot at Cindy Crosby in Game 3 in <laughs> Philadelphia, uh, but I have Evgeny oh, no. Malkin getting revenge and lighting the lamp. Um, that's the one scary thing. I, I have Pittsburgh winning this one here in seven games, and I see it being a very bloody series, though. But I think in the end, the Penguins with Malkin, Crosby, uh, Kessel, Hornquist, uh, a healthy Chris Letang, um, and a very uh, solid goalie in Matt Murray. I see them taking it in seven games and moving on to set up, as you said, another saga in the Ovechkin-Crosby era. Okay, well, we're not going to go on all of these second-round matchups, mm -hmm. but we I feel like we have to just touch on this, the potential for this. So you think that the Caps here, you like the Caps' chance to get past Pittsburgh here. I do. Why I think, is that? I think Pitts, Pittsburgh is tired. Um, they had some points in the regular season where they struggled. If Matt Murray gets injured, they don't really have a solid backup. Um, you know, they have DeSmith and um, I'm blanking on the other guy, but they they have a couple of backup goalies who played well in short stints for them. But I think the team's just tired. They've been they've won the cup the past two years. You know, they've played ten plus months of hockey. Uh, each year for the past two years, and I think they're just tired. And I think if Washington can get past Columbus, they're going to come in. They're going to be hungry. It's going to be their chance to slay the dragon, much like Vancouver did when they beat Chicago um, all those years ago. Um, and I think it's finally the time for Washington to shine, and I think they are going to take care of business in seven games. I think they're just going to wear the Penguins out. Uh, look for a big series from Evgeny Kuznetsov. I think... He's going to have to perform if Washington is going to make it past uh, Columbus and then Pittsburgh. But look for a big series there. Um, another great classic matchup, but Washington making it through to the Eastern Conference Finals. Wow. All right. So you have, in the East, 
you have the Caps, and I think you you mentioned you have the Predators coming out of the West. Yep, but jumping back there, you know, I see Nashville getting past Winnipeg and another great series. I think that's going to be Nashville's toughest test to making it back to the finals. I think they beat Winnipeg in seven games. Once again, a spectacular goaltender matchup there with Hellebuck and Rene. Uh, great forwards as well on both ends. Um, but I see him making it through, and I see him actually playing Vegas, who will be Anaheim in the second round. I see the Nashville-Las Vegas matchup, but I think in the end there. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is a great goalie. I think he falters once or twice, though. Nashville takes advantage of some mistakes, some nerves from Vegas, knowing that, hey, they could be going to the finals. And I think Nashville comes away victorious in five games there. While on back on the Eastern Conference side, I see Tampa Bay and Toronto in the second round, and I think that youth in it, uh, excitement from the Toronto Maple Leafs gets them past Tampa Bay. They're a great team, but they just don't seem to have everything that you want in a Stanley Cup champion, and I see Toronto in six games once again, winning it at home in six before they go up against Washington in the Eastern Conference Finals. Another great classic is in the making there if these two teams can meet. Like I said last year, they went seven games before Washington won it. I see Washington taking it again here in seven games and then heading out to Nashville to meet the Predators in the finals. And in the Stanley Cup, you have... I have I'll, Nash- give, I'll give my pick after that. Uh, I have Nashville in six games with the Conn Smite trophy going to Pecorino. He is going to have to stand on his head there, stop a lot of firepower. You know if Ovechkin gets to the finals, he's going to be hungry. Uh, but I think he falls just short. Um, it's going to be heartbreaking to see, but it's going to be so great for the people of Nashville, a great city, great fan base, and a team that definitely deserves it. So I have, mine is a little different from you, Sam. Uh, and for the sake of argument, that's a good thing. <laughs> so I'm actually going with the Golden Knights coming out of the West. Okay. Yeah. I, I just think they're going to ride that wave a little bit further. And they're either going to play Boston or Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup. How would you how would you like that for a matchup in the East Finals? That would be Boston Pittsburgh would be another great matchup final. You know, lots of bad blood there. Um, yep. Obviously, with Marchand and Crosby going at it again, um, and I think it would be interesting. You know, it's always brutal when you get to the Stanley Cup Finals with the Eastern Conference, Western Conference, because a lot of the Eastern Conference teams are all out there on the coast. Western Conference teams, you know, you're looking yeah. at four, five-hour flights. I mean, when LA played New York Rangers um, in 2014, you know, it was a six-hour flight each way. I mean, that's brutal. That can definitely wear on teams. Eastern Conference teams historically have always traveled less. Then Western Conference teams, you have to wonder how does all the travel add up at the end of a long, wearing season, especially for one Vegas, which emotionally has been such a roller coaster. Um, you know, can they keep it together emotionally? You know, if they have to fly cross country multiple times, will it start to wear on them? Or like you said, will those emotions keep them riding high and can they take it all the way to the finals? Yeah, I think I definitely am a little bit, I'm going to go with Boston and Sam, part of it is, so I'm going with Boston in the East. The thing is, you brought up, there's a really good chance that Crosby could get hurt at any given point. Mm -hmm. There is, but I mean, even though Malkin played at such an amazing high level this regular season, where where is he going to, where do you see him in the Hart Trophy? So he'll definitely, um, for the Hart, yeah. He'll be up there for sure in uh, conversation. Him, McKinnon, McDavid, um, Claude Giroux, you know, 100-point season for him. Um, I think what it's going to come down to is they're going to look at what another spectacular year McDavid had, though, on a team that really didn't do yeah. much. And I think that's going to definitely sway the votes. He is the best player in the league, in my opinion, just barely edging out Crosby. Um, but I, I see Malkin. He'll, he'll be a finalist, I'm sure, or he at least should be. Um, but I don't think he'll have enough power there because you also look at guys like Crosby, uh, Hornquist, Kessel, who all were up there around 80 points. So he wasn't the yet standalone standout on a good team. You know, right. it was definitely some help, yeah. which helped him have that fantastic season. Yeah. And that's funny because in other sports, if your team does well in the regular season, normally that can help you mm-hmm. push you towards that most valuable player award. Yep. So it's interesting. But 
Same. I think, uh, so yeah, I'm going to say, I don't know. I, I have a tough time seeing them getting all the way back for the same reason that you said. I think Crosby could get hurt. They no longer have Marc-Andre Fleury. This is, a, this is a different story, I think, for the Penguins this year. So I'll go, I'll go with Boston in the East. All right. Well, we'll see how it plays out either way. You know, they're, they're going to be a great series all around. A lot of excitement, a lot of energy, a lot of hatred in some of these matchups. Yeah. And it could be fun. We definitely could see there's a possibility of seeing, you know, an all-Canada matchup, which would send Ooh. NBC off the deep end. You know, they'd absolutely <laughs> love it. But. So, yeah. I, so I'm going to go real quick. I'm going to go Boston over Vegas in six games. All right. Boston over. Ooh. So then we yeah. would, okay, Boston winning it at home. Yeah. That, that could be good. Uh, last thing you want to see is Vegas lose the finals in their own building. Yeah. That could be rough for yeah. them. But either way, so, we got Boston, yeah. we got Nashville, we got a lot of great games ahead of us. Yeah, and it's very open, so it'll be really interesting to watch. Yeah. So, Sam, um, do you want to touch on the color your Colorado Rockies for a little bit and then we will uh call it a day yeah I'll touch on them briefly um the, the Rockies are uh, disappointed with the start to their season very um you know we had a tough time starting off in Arizona we took one of three there went out to San Diego where we did some pretty good work but you know they're sitting at five and five right now um you know they have a lot of great talent so of course you know DJ LeMahieu Nolan Arenado Jonathan Lucroig, Ionetta's back. Um, don't forget about Chuck Nasty, Charlie Blackman. Um, but I mean, right <laughs> Ian now, Desmond. As we, Ian Desmond too. I mean, but right now, as we speak, you know, they're losing one nothing to the Padres in Denver. Um, oh boy. Yeah, th- that's that's not good for them. They need to find a way to get it together. Um, to be honest, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the bullpen. I don't know if our bats just aren't working. Um, you know, I mean, they lost two of three to the Braves at home where it looks like they were outscored pretty badly, you know, 14 to six in three games. Um, yeah, I mean, they're just games you have to win. They did a good job when they went to San Diego of taking three of four from the Padres, which definitely helped them. Um, the nice part is, you know, it's early in the season. They have plenty of time to turn it around. Uh, tough stretch though, coming up here for them after they finish off hosting the Padres, they go to Washington to face the nationals for four they go to Pittsburgh for three, and then your Cubbies come to town for a yep. quick series. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. So I think the bullpen was supposed to be a lot better this year. They spent a lot of money on the bullpen. I think the bullpen will be all right, but it's tough to pitch in Colorado. It, it is very tough to pitch. Um, but, you know, I think they're going to have a good year. I think they're going to finish. I have them around that 88-74 and 74 marker. Um, is that going to be enough to get them into the playoffs? You know, historically, baseball is one of the hardest postseasons yeah. to get into. I mean, with the addition of the additional wild card seed now, you know, five teams make it. Yep, and it's a tough division, too. You have a very tough division. It is a very tough division. Arizona, surprisingly good start. Not so surprising if you follow the team, you know. Zach yeah. Granke on the mound. Paul Goldschmidt has been one of the premier hitters recently. He hurt the Rockies a lot recently. <laughs> that hasn't helped. I think a, I think a big thing for Arizona that we're seeing so far this year, and I didn't even cover this on our baseball preview. I we we forgot to mention this is last year they were without a closer for much of the year until Archie Bradley started to step into that role late in the season. And they traded for Brad Boxberger, and he has been lights out to start the year. I I think he uh, he shut you guys down a, at least a couple of times in that opening series. Yep, he definitely did. You know, a, a good pitcher definitely helps. You know, you, you need to have that closer. You need to be able to trust him. You know, going into the ninth inning, hey, are we going to get it done? And it definitely helps. Um, another player I want to point out, you know, A.J. Pollock, their center fielder. Yeah, solid all-around player. You know, good defensively, great at the plate. You know, he gets that big contact hit when he needs to. Doesn't try to do too much. Just a great team player. Evan had the spine to pick them to win the division. I think it could really. I think it could happen. I really do. That, that's the scary thing. It could happen. You know, the Dodgers are looking a little shaky. San Francisco, even though McCutcheon's playing great and has lighted it up. Um, 
you know, I mean, the thing is, it's just too early to call, sadly, but there's a lot of excitement out there in Colorado, Arizona. Really, the NL West is very exciting to watch, um, and there could be some great battles down the finish line, you know, come September. Yep, absolutely. I, I'm still pretty confident in my Dodgers National League pick. I I have them winning, if you didn't know that, Sam. Oh, I did. Winning the, yeah, winning the World Series. They're without Justin Turner, but I, th- I think they have such a deep team. I think they'll be all right in the long run, but... The way, given the way that Arizona's coming out of the gates, I mean, they might have to be in that wild card game. So that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. All right, Sam. Uh, lastly, where can people? Do you want to give out your Twitter uh, handle? Uh, sure. You're gonna you're gonna make me look anything. it up. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not too <laughs> excited, you know. Unless you want to find stuff about the NHL playoffs or the Colorado yeah. Avalanche, you know. Uh, let's see here. What is my Twitter <laughs> handle? Oh, it's nice and simple. It's just at Sam Quiet, S-A-M-Q-U-I-A-T. Yeah, there you go. And uh, you selling a book or anything? <laughs> no. You know, people come on here, they have stuff to promote. Uh, no book. Uh, maybe one next year. We'll see. Who knows? If the, abs make, <laughs> if the abs make a miracle run to the Stanley Cup finals, I might write something. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining me, Sam. And hopefully, hopefully we'll do this again. Um, throughout sometime later during this postseason yeah this will be interesting thanks so much for having me i had a blast all right it's my pleasure buddy all right take care all right so there you guys have it sam quiet man he was a great guest uh loved hearing his thoughts on the stanley cup playoffs as you may be able to tell i am not super knowledgeable about hockey i love watching hockey i watch a lot when i can but between college basketball, NBA, MLB, it's hard for me to follow hockey as closely as someone like Sam can. And being a former player, Sam is able to point out a lot of the intricacies of the game. So I really enjoyed having him on here. I hope you guys did too. He brought a lot of expertise, a lot of he dropped a lot of knowledge bombs on us. And yeah, so it'll be a lot of fun uh, to look for, watch the Stanley Cup playoffs this spring starting up on Wednesday. So by the time you're listening to this, this will probably be dropping on a Tuesday. So uh, I guess tomorrow we'll be having playoff hockey action. And then, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you can, if you would like to, actually, you can subscribe to the Press on Sports podcast. Just search Press on Sports on Apple Podcasts or on Podbean. We're working on getting the podcast out in other places as well. So that'll be interesting to look for. You can follow me on Twitter at Velvita7, V-E-L-L-V-I-T-A-7. And I will be posting, whenever I post a podcast, you will see it on there. If you subscribe, you'll never miss a podcast. It'll come right into your podcast feed. So that's nice. Or follow along on Podbean. And lastly, later this week on Thursday, I'll be having Jordan Morandini and Evan Myers together. So three-man booth. And we are going to go hard on the NBA playoffs. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So it will include our award choices, our finals picks. We'll do something similar to what Sam and I did here. But we'll go a little, we may go a little deeper and maybe a little longer. So thank you to everyone who listened. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And we'll talk to you soon.